This is the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel, and it's episode number 83. Welcome to the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel. We're all about highlighting self-help, positive psychology, and books on well-being. We share the content and actionable advice so you can make normal life extraordinary. We are a community of lifelong learners, high achievers, and busy people. Get ready for your download so you can live life happy. I'm your host and addicted to reading, Andrea Seidel. Hey there, Andrea here. I'm so excited that you're joining us. It's an awesome day because we are highlighting such a good book. It's called Beyond Happy, Women, Work, and Well-Being. It's by Beth Cabrea, and it's such a great book on so many levels. Okay, so I can't wait to jump in, but first, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I hope you're doing amazing. <laughs> I know things are a little bit up in the air, and things are a little bit different right now. We have a new normal, and uh, we're doing the best that we can with this situation. So guess what? This book is going to help us in so many ways. I don't know about you, but have you been feeling like you're pulled in so many directions? Like Usually we feel that way, but maybe we feel that a little bit more because perhaps kids are at home with us because they're not at school or, you know, our job, our career is suddenly taken us from the office and into our house because we are in self-isolation at this point. So yes, things are a little bit different. So I thought this book would be so fantastic to highlight right now. And there's so many actionable nuggets in this book that I can't wait to bring to the table for you. Okay. So of course, I always say if something sparks your interest, this is just a highlight. I try to suck out as many actionable nuggets as they can, but if something sparks your interest, always, always, always support the author and purchase the book because I mean, they put so much love and research and knowledge and skill into their books that it's so great if we can support them as well. But this is just so you have an added reminder if you have read the book or just an added influence if you are just curious about the book. Okay. So here we go. Let's jump right in. This one's called Beyond Happy. Okay. So are you struggling to manage it all? (laughs) Do you feel like an octopus with like a whole bunch of arms and you're like doing all these things, multitasking, being pulled in so many directions. So like, what does a typical day look like for you? So how many roles are you playing? (laughs) Are you a wife? Are you a mom? Are you a coworker, a shopper, a problem solver, a conflict resoluter? (laughs) So you know what? There's so many roles and all these roles actually can intensify the feeling of overwhelm and stress. And as a single mom, I am definitely feeling the stress and the struggle lately. And, um, you know what? I I have to say that a lot of my positive psychology tools and interventions really do help me in so many ways. And you're going to see also from this book, because this book really supports us in many, many different ways, right? Okay. So science has shown that women actually, their levels of happiness has declined over the past 40 years. And uh, surveys have actually revealed that 80% of working women feel stress about getting everything done. So in this book, Beyond Happy, she really did create a masterpiece that is geared towards women. Um, However, I have to say that all the tools and strategies that she presents in this book are definitely also fantastic for men. So this book was based on she researched 
lots and lots of women, hundreds of women. And she discovered all their strategies on how these women, what their strategies are that they used in order to manage it all. And then she also combined it with positive psychology. And as you know, I'm obsessed with it because I am a positive psychology practitioner and coach. And I do believe that it is the science of what leads to thriving individuals, workplaces, and communities. So this book is so great. Okay. So she covers topics, including hope, optimism, love, resilience. She talks about strength, flow, and also purpose and meaning. So she really does cover everything. (laughs) All right. So since well-being means different things to different people, it's really, it's a subjective sense of how it is that we feel our lives are going. So what what means happiness to one person is different than the other. So that's what we mean by subjective. So subjective is kind of an evaluation that you come up with as a sense of how your lives are going. So how is your life going? I'm curious. <laughs> um, So this book really helps us to look at a multiple of factors that influence our well-being. And there's even a wonderful assessment tool that you can use to really evaluate your your subjective well-being. And I love it. So I am definitely going to recommend that you go over to my website and grab the show notes on this one because just click on podcast show notes because they have she has the assessment tool. And in my uh, mind map, I can give you that assessment tool. It is so fantastic fantastic just to evaluate where you're standing and then it'll really help you. So you'll know where to focus your energy and effort on increasing your well-being. Okay. So, so because well-being means different things to different peoples, and it's a subjective measure of how our lives are going, this book looks at a multiple of factors that influence our well-being because what it does is it allows us to kind of isolate where it is that we want to focus our energy or what we may want to do in according to science that can increase our well-being. And so she did talk about how there are two dimensions to well-being and one part of it is feeling good and then the other part is doing good. So there's two dimensions to well-being and people who experience more frequent positive emotions, so they feel good, they have a higher well-being than those who feel good less often. So I'm going to say that again because it's kind of confusing, but people who experience frequently good emotions or they feel good, they actually have higher well-being. They have higher well-being than people who don't feel as good. They feel good less often. So that tells us that we can increase feeling good. If we can increase feeling good, then our well-being is going to be measured as higher. So, And then the other flip side of that is that we also know that people who sense that their lives are worthwhile because they're pursuing meaningful goals or they're making a positive difference or, you know, they're gaining experience, they also have a higher well-being. So people who feel like they're, 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 they have meaningful goals and they're, they're, they have a sense that their life is worthwhile or there's a purpose and meaning, um, they have a higher sense of well-being than those who don't really feel like they're doing good. So doing good is the other dimension. So there's two dimensions she talks about within her book, feeling good and doing good. 
And what's really cool about that is that um, we can look at both aspects and we can see, you know, which one requires a little more of our attention. And if we can increase it, then we can and improve it, then we can also therefore increase our well-being. So she talks about within her book, um, the path to well-being. And she does talk about the whole problem nowadays is that we're trying to do too much and we're trying to be all things to all people. A lot of people are caretakers for families. Families, but then they're also trying to run a whole entire career. And it's incredible the amount of things that we have so many options and so many, you know, sports and things like that, that our kids might be in or, you know, new careers and a lot of pressure. So the problem is, is that people generally are just getting pulled in so many directions that there is a lot of stress and overwhelm. And, um, so what can be done is that we can literally just tap in and discover our own avenues for improvement. So ways that we ourselves can improve our lives and make it better. Okay. So then she talked about just understanding that well-being is a combination of feeling good and doing good, kind of like I just was talking about. Um, but just so you know, feeling good, that is all about positive emotions. Like positive emotions provide us with so many benefits and science has proved that positive individuals, they tend to have stronger relationships and they also tend to be physically healthier. So people, positive emotions, they lead us to greater creativity. They lead us to better decision-making and chronic stress and negative emotions actually affect our ability to feel good. So feeling good is actually really important for our well-being. So it's really important. You're not going to like stick your head in the sand and pretend bad things don't happen, or you're not going to like, you know, have, uh, ignore negative emotions and ignore chronic stress. But what she's suggesting within her book is that it's what you're putting your attention on will be magnified. So what you want to do is kind of balance that ratio of positive to negative. So you want to feel good more often. So yeah, we're going to have moments where we don't feel good. And then the reality though, is what she's suggesting within her book and what science has shown that if we can feel good more often or kind of make that ratio of positive emotions higher than negative emotions, then it'll help us with our well-being. And I love the way she put it in her book. It's so funny is think of your attention like a spotlight and a vacuum. And so whatever you put your spotlight on, it's going to suck that into your brain like a vacuum. So whatever it is that you're spotlighting on, are you spotlighting on something, you know, some negative emotions or how, you know, scary something is or how, you know, I messed up on that situation. And that's what you're putting your spotlight on. What happens is, is your brain acts like a vacuum and that's what it's going to focus on and that's what your brain's going to absorb. And so what she's saying within her book is that if we shift that spotlight to more positive emotions and positive experiences, then we can literally suck in all those things, right? So if you're focusing on gratitude and being grateful for something or mindful on the beauty around you, you're going to, you know, what you're putting your spotlight on is going to be a vacuum and suck into your brain. And so this idea is, is that if we think of our attention like that, it shows us that we have this capacity and this ability and this power to rewire our brains so that we can experience less stress 
and more positive emotions because what are we focusing our attention on? And in positive psychology, this is called neuroplasticity. We actually have the ability to rewire our brains and we have the ability to decide what we're putting that spotlight on. And if we can spotlight more things that make us feel good and like positive emotions, then, um, and kind of affect that ratio, uh, then it's going to really help us. Okay. So that's the first part. That's the feeling good. Then she talked about the doing good as one of the pathways, um, or the understanding well-being. And so doing good is all about the believing that what you're doing is valuable and worthwhile. Don't you all want to feel that way, right? You want to feel like what you're doing actually has value and it's worth it. So we need to feel like we have purpose. So the idea is, is that we really want to tap into what it is that we value. So what values, our values actually help us decide how we act. So it's important to know that we're following our values, that we're, we're behaving in a way that's in line with what we value. And then she talked also about this feeling, uh, self-efficacy, uh, feeling like that you have control in your life and that you're making an impact. And also, um, that we have a connection to our self-worth and the belief that what we're doing is worthy and is making a positive impact. Uh, she also talked about the sense of doing good. It really does come from pursuing our goals. It really does come from feeling like we matter and that we're engaging in activities that are consistent with our values. So important. The other piece of doing good is developing your strengths. So figuring out what your strengths are and developing them, and that'll make you have a really positive impact on your life. It really helps well-being. So it's not just about feeling good, positive emotions. It's about doing good, you know, following through on your goals and feeling like you're making a difference and having an impact on the world. So in order to enhance our well-being so that we can increase the feeling good and the doing good and kind of decrease those feelings of stress and overwhelm, um, we want to feel good more often and we want to feel as though we're doing good in our world. So our well-being is enhanced when we experience frequent positive emotions, that is you know, we feel good. And then we can also, it's enhanced when we sense that our life has meaning, that we're making a difference and that we're doing good. So that is so profound. So again, I told you she has this amazing beyond happy uh, assessment tool and um, it's so fantastic. You can rate, you rate yourself. And then the first part of it tells you about your feeling good score. And the second part is your doing good score. And then the total is your subjective well-being. And it's so interesting because as you uh, implement all these, um, what we're going to talk about is all these fantastic ways that you can increase your well-being, um, you can reassess right? So I would love for you to really experience that survey. It's so fantastic. Okay. So this next part of her book, she talked about feeling good. So let's really delve in to this feeling good, you know, positive emotion. So how can we make ourselves feel good? So how can we enhance or take that spotlight, um, and really, really enhance these positive emotions. So science has shown that there are three things that really enhance this part of our well-being, and that's being mindful, it's being grateful, and it's being hopeful. So this will really enhance our well-being if we focus on being more mindful, being more grateful, and being more hopeful. Let's break each one of those down to things you can actually do. 
Okay. So in order to be more mindful, she suggests within her book to slow down. And the method that she suggested using, which is so fun, is the STOP method, which is S-T-O-P. And it stands for stop, like literally. And then the T stands for take a deep breath. And the O stands for observe. And then the P stands for proceed. So it's just a matter of um, finding time just to slow down will instantaneously help you to be more mindful. She also talked about multitasking. Just don't do it. (laughs) I know we're doing a thousand and one things all at once, but science has shown that it increases our mindfulness when we are just doing one thing at a time. And it actually makes us more attentive and it makes us more mindful and more productive. So you want to be able to give things the attention that it deserves. And this allows us to feel more positive emotions when we're just fully present in the one thing that we're doing. And the wonderful example that I, that, um, she has in her book as well is think about if I asked you to count from one until 10, that'd be really easy for you to do. Right. (laughs) And then if I asked you to do the alphabet, it would be also very easy. But if I asked you to put those two together, alternating alphabet and numbers, could you do it? Of course you could. You could do it, but it would be slower and it would be a little more stressful for your brain and you might feel a bit of sense of overwhelm. And yeah, so it just shows you that multitasking isn't effective um, for our brain. It's not effective for how we feel. And so it's really important to recognize that. Okay. And then also to be more mindful, she does suggest too, and science has shown that connecting to nature or spending time outside really helps us to be mindful. So getting out of the house, getting out into nature, getting into, you know, going for a nice walk, um, you know, look at the sky, look at the, the color of the sky, look at the clouds, uh, really nice. Like have that moment of awe. And this really helps us to be mindful. She also talked about this simple method of simply pausing, like count to 10 especially when you're in a stressful moment and just like coming down. And then she talks about also the formal practice of meditation. So cultivating mindfulness, meditation is a wonderful way to just really make us mindful. Like notice your breath, notice all your senses, like paying attention. So that's one element of increasing positive emotions and so, and feeling good. Okay. So the next part she talked about was be grateful. So this is science has shown the power of gratitude. And here we're going to go into fantastic ways that you can be more grateful. Um, So noticing the good, this is a huge one. So make an effort to notice and savor what is good. Have you ever like ate something that's so good and you really savored the flavors and ate it really slow and enjoyed it. That's really what we're talking about here is like just noticing the good and drawing it out. I used to always say like milk it, like really squeeze out every last bit of goodness. And uh, even if someone's telling you a good story, really feel and, and notice the good within it and the good around you. And it just really does help us to be more grateful. The other thing is to count your blessings. And her suggestion was to pick a time every single day where you stop and you count your blessings uh, and just recognizing, you know, the blessings that you have all around you and um, the greatness, then everything that you can be grateful for. And then she did talk about expressing gratitude to yourself and others, being grateful and gratitude. So gratitude isn't just saying things, it's really elaborating on, on thanking. It's more expressing uh, gratefulness for, um, 
um, you know, so many things. It's like not just saying thank you. It's like, I'm really grateful that you're able to, you know, help me around the house and like just be with me. And I'm grateful that you're able to, you know, be in my home and keep me company and be a part of the family here. And then all the, the wonderful love that you provide to me when you're around. These are my kids I'm talking about here. <laughs> okay. So sometimes they're driving me nuts right now. I'm not going to lie, but I am grateful for their little bodies and their beings, uh, keeping me company and, you know, little hugs when they come up, it makes me feel so good. And yeah, and just the ability to laugh with them and, and that sort of thing. So expressing gratitude is so much much more than just saying thank you. Also, this one's really good. Reframing situations. This one's awesome. Okay. So if you can turn have to's into get to, um, that reframing really does change it from obligation to opportunity. And if you think about it in a sentence, like, okay, for example, I have to help my daughter do her essay versus I get to help my daughter do her essay. Oh my gosh. Like just that reframing of the situation, like that mindset shift is so great. Cause it really does put you in a place of feeling good about it as opposed to feeling drudgery about it. So reframing things from obligation into opportunity, it really does embrace gratefulness. Okay. So the third one here is be hopeful. So how can we be hopeful? Uh, Feeling good comes from when we feel hopeful as well. So if you can visualize your future, Hopeful people tend to be individuals who think that their future looks bright or they believe that the the actions that they're taking right now will have, will make their future better um, than it is presently. So they take actions on a regular basis. So one of her tips is to visualize your ideal future and the idea of visualizing allows you to be hopeful for the future. She also talked about the importance of setting specific goals. These specific goals will help you move forward in the direction of your desired future. And that helps you to be more hopeful. She also talked about make a plan. So um, my one of my favorite plans, uh, tools in positive psychology she used here and she used in her book is called if Use If Then Planning uh, to help you take action. So it's like, if this happens, then I'll do this. If this happens, then I'll do this. If this gets in the way, then I'll do this. It's, it's kind of like an implementation intention. Um, the other thing she suggested too is I, identifying alternatives. So if... Um, alternative strategies really can help you achieve your goals. So if something's not happening in order to be hopeful, you can create alternative strategies. And that's really important too, especially for overcoming barriers or limiting beliefs. It's like identifying alternative ways um, to reach your goals. Um, The other tip she had was note your successes. So keep a victory log. So record all your successes. I know sometimes... I know I do. Sometimes you forget all the things that you've done and uh, just keeping that log is just a nice reminder to mentally realize the progression, your progression, all the effort you're putting in is moving you forward. And that just keeping a log of that helps you to be hopeful for the future. And then the other suggestion she had is to find a role, find role models. Role models are amazing because if you start thinking about the effort that it took your role, 
role model model to achieve their success, it's going to really help you to be hopeful. When you have role models, you can see what's possible. And that's so powerful. And those, it's a feeling good around, it makes you feel good around that. So that's the whole section on feeling good. And then she started, she talked a lot about doing good. So doing good is a little different. So doing good here are three, there's three subcategories as well is in order to do good, we want to live our values. We want to develop our strengths and we want to make a positive impact. And these are all positive psychology interventions or life hacks. Um, so living your values is all about knowing what your values are. The first step is figuring out what it is that you value. If you know what your values are, it's really easy to make decisions and it's really easy to, um, you know, move forward in your life. It's really easy to, um, to just do what is important for you. So when your values are clear, making decisions become easier. So values, they drive your decisions in other words. Okay. So how do you identify your values, right? I mean, it could be as simple as list as looking at a list of values and circling all the ones that are important to you and then narrowing it down to your top five values. I mean, you could do it that way, but another hack on that one is to Think of your heroes or think about people that are like your mentors or people that you look up to and list traits or values or characteristics about them. Um, hear yourself talking about them or make a list and then you'll basically secretly see what it is that you value in them. The other way, and this is another one, the other way is to identify when you have made a really important life decision in the past and then think about why you made that decision. So what values made you make that decision, right? So for example, when I, I had my first divorce, um, I really value equality and, um, that we're, I believe that we're all human. I believe in equality. I believe that, you know, not one person is above anybody else. And I believe that male or female, we all have our roles. Um, and in that first marriage, I did feel like I was treated like a subordinate and I wasn't treated on the same level. So making that decision to divorce, that's not the only reason, but that was one of the major ones. It really, I was always trying to fight for my, right? So that was like a really, really huge decision. So if you go back and you identify the values that influenced your important decisions in your life, you'll really tap into those values. So then once you know your values and you clarify them, you can live your values. So are your behaviors aligned with your values? So do your behaviors match your values? That is the a really big question. And that's what you want to strive towards. So discovering your purpose. So if you reflect on what it is you value and the experiences that you've been through, you can really discover your purpose. You can discover, you know, um, what it is that you're here for and what it is that is kind of underlying everything that you do. So living your values 
really makes you feel in alignment and it makes you feel well. So that'll enhance your well-being. Okay. So then she talked about developing your strengths. Oh, this is such a good one. So basically when you identify your strengths, when you know what your strengths are, you can draw on them. You can use them to your advantage. You can um, apply your strengths in many, many ways, and you can look for ways to actually use your strengths to your advantage. Um, And there's a many inventories. So if you can identify your strengths and I'll give you a clue. So she is suggesting that there are clues in how you can figure out what your strengths are. If you're not sure, um, is what do you find enjoyment in? So what do you really enjoy? What happens to you? Like it feels like at ease, like there's ease about it. Um, and you have a tendency to have excellence. It could be a combination of talent, but also combination of effort. You put in a lot of effort because you really do love it. So excellence. And then also energy, it brings you energy and you have a lot of energy for it. These are usually things that these are the clues to what it is that are your strengths. So for me, I know my top strength 100% is the love of learning. And as soon as I tapped into that, my career took off and I use it as my strengths, actually, like reading all these books, highlighting them, um, you know, everything to do with books. And then it's amazing that your career takes off and you feel like you're, you're following through on your values and you also are using your strengths to help you move forward and do good. So what are your strengths? Can you think of them? And then there's also other places that you can go and do inventories. If you go to my website, I'll have a link to all these uh, questionnaires that you can fill out to figure out what your strengths are. Um, what my favorite one is the VIA values in action, the inventory of strengths. There's the Gallup strength finder. There's the R2 strength profiler. Um, and the other thing you can just simply ask your friends or people for feedback. They'll tell you what your strengths are. My friends used to say, Andrea, you're like really enthusiastic. I'm like, what? No, I'm not. And then I kept hearing it from a few people and I was like, okay, yeah, maybe I'm a little enthusiastic. And sure enough, enthusiasm is one of my character strengths. (laughs) Okay. So another thing you can do if you haven't found your strengths yet is to share a story that you've gotten through that was challenging. So share a moment in your life, an experience that you had that you got through and it was a challenge, but you, what strengths did you use to get through it? It's a good clue. So that's really powerful, developing your strengths. The other thing is making a positive impact. So this is cool. So it's all about detecting a need and then think about how you can satisfy that need, how you can help people, how you can show up. And so this is the idea of doing meaningful work. So if you can change your tasks or change your interactions with people or others um, in order to find more meaning, then it will really enhance your well-being. So that's it for the doing good section. It's all about living your values, developing your strength, and making a positive impact. Then she did talk about how, what really matters most. And if you think about it, connecting with others and other people mattering is really important. So strengthening relationships. So not feeling isolated, not feeling alone. So this is another part that's going to enhance our well-being. So connecting with others is so important, right? Spend time with family and friends, make an effort to touch, get in touch with them and build relationships, even with coworkers or just building a network 
network of social connections because we, other people matter. And that is the mantra for positive psychology. And these connections are really important to make us feel like we are here for a reason. So how to strengthen relationships, basically engage in these positive interactions, make an effort to spend time with others that maximizes the amount of positive interactions you can have, right? We're trying to balance that ratio. So if you're feeling down and you know that one friend that you talk to that really you know lifts you up and makes you feel good talking to her, give her a call, right? It's amazing how that just that can strengthen a relationship or you yourself bring that positive energy. Um, the other thing is to show appreciation and let people know that you appreciate them and that'll strengthen relationships. Um, the other thing is to establish trust, acting in trustworthy ways will build trust and be generous. She's talking about being generous with your time, with your compliments, with your energy. Um, and this really does strengthen relationships. So that's it. This book is amazing beyond happy. It's like, oh my gosh, we go from struggling to thriving when we feel like we're pulled in thousands of different directions. We can use this wonderful, all these wonderful in, um, tools and we can implement them almost right away to help us so that we can um, increase our subjective well-being. This book really helps us gather insight in how to effectively balance our career and our family responsibilities without stress and overwhelm. So we learn that by understanding well-being and how it's a combination of feeling good as well as doing good. And then also what matters most is connecting with others, strengthening relationships. So that's it. I hope you enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. I know there's a lot in this podcast um, and it's there's so many usable tools. So if you do want the show notes, remember they're always at my websites at andreasidel.com and I'd love to see you there. And don't forget, subscribe to my tribe too. I always send out bonus little episodes and things too to all my subscribers. So you want to be a part of that. Okay, everybody have a fantastic week. I have another wonderful book coming next week and I can't wait to read it to you. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye. If you like this podcast that's like personal training for your mind, you've got to come over to my website at andreasadel.com where I take all these books, I highlight, coach, and summarize the contents in my unconventional book and coaching club. Let's face it, no one is sunshine and butterflies all the time, but we can make happiness a lifestyle. So I want to invite you to sign up at my website for my freebies and giveaways so that you can start each week positively. Finally, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, download and write a review because they really help grow the show. 